Well, hello, dear. This is the Jamin Show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station. I'm your host, Jai Bottle. Today, we are Carol Potter from Bobby Hills 910. Hey, Carol, good to see you on the show today. Thank you for coming on my show. It's an honor to meet you. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. So, first off, I heard that you're writing a, book, a new book. Can you tell me a little bit about that? You know, after I left uh, 90210, I um, transitioned into a career as a marriage and family therapist. Okay. And um, several years ago, uh, a, a, a man, a psychologist, um, contacted me and asked me to write a blurb for his book, oh. which was a children's book. Okay. He saw that I had was interested in mindfulness. So I said, sure, send me the book. It was absolutely a charming, delightful book called the A World of Pausabilities. Yeah. It's just inviting children to stop. <laughs> and so I wrote him a blurb. And then sometime later, he invited me. He and his um, husband had come to uh, Los Angeles and they invited me for breakfast. And I always love going out for a meal. And, and so we had a wonderful conversation. And we got into this whole conversation about parenting and parents and he said you know I've always wanted a parent write a parenting book but I don't have any children so people don't think I can do it and I walked out of the meeting and I thought well I'm a parent uh -huh. and I played one on television yes. uh -huh. <laughs> so we got involved in this project together and um with his contacts in the publishing industry the um uh, American Psychological Association was interested in the book as long as it had sort of a niche. Oh. It wasn't just general parenting. And he had a lot of children in his practice that were uh, that had some kind of chronic medical illness. So we wrote a book called When Your Child Has a Chronic Medical Illness uh -huh. for Parents. Um, it was published in 2014. 22 i think or 21 i can't remember oh that you know the pandemic just makes the yeah. time just meld together yes. but we we wrote we started writing in 2018 and so it took about you know three years to for the whole process it was just a great honor to work with the wonderful people we worked with and um so it came out i guess about a year and a half ago okay and it's been very well received and it's just you know about 15 percent it, it about 15 if, if some estimates are about 15 percent of children have some kind of chronic illness up to like maybe 30 or 40 percent even depending on what you include in that definition yeah so there's a huge population out there of parents whose children have some kind of medical condition Mm -hmm. that the good news is there's been these wonderful medical advances. These children live, they can have great lives. And the medical care the, the, has fallen on the parents. Oh, yes. So yeah. it's, it's enormous what these parents go through and what they're challenged with. So um, we're just, it's just, I hope it was, it's a help mm -hmm. to people who are um, walking that path. Yes. This is our book. I We were just thrilled. So, yeah, the subtitle is A Guide to the Parenting Journey. And 
we just thought that the artist did such a beautiful job in My capturing God. that idea in this cover. Yeah. Anyway, so that was, I mean, that was a completely thrilling and kind of unexpected twist <laughs> to my to my story which is you know nothing's turned out the way i, yeah. I imagined like uh -huh. started this thing called life so I'm... yeah yeah it's and and um parents are so overstretched these days yes um with um you know between school and activities and trying to you know most parents are in the thick of their careers when they have children yes you know and trying to balance and manage all those things is tremendously difficult absolutely yeah um my cousin actually has two kids she's finding she's finding her tough you know manage them and myself you know i mean yeah and and there we it's there's really not much help people who can afford it can pay for help yeah. but for people who are um lower down on the economic ladder that's just it's just nothing is available it's terrible it's terrible it's one of the big reasons so many women left the workforce during the pandemic yeah because they were they were the ones who were taking care of the children and yes. dealing with the homeschooling and all the stuff that was going on yeah. so if we want people to participate in the workforce mm -hmm. we have to support them when they have families i definitely agree Especially here in Boston, we need some more, whole lot of support now. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. So, yeah, very much so. Yeah, um, wow. So how did the pandemic affect you? Well, it's interesting. I live by myself. Okay. I had just started a program called The Living School. It's a two-year program out of the Center for Action and Contemplation. Okay. And it's kind of a deep dive into mostly... Christian mystics, yeah. although we sort of touch on uh, Buddhism and a little bit of Sufi uh, knowledge as well, we went through the whole program and it wasn't until the very end that we actually met together in the same space. We were supposed to be in Albuquerque at the beginning, the middle and the end. So I was meeting people on zoom and a friend started a morning meditation group and i'm a long time meditator i was on that group just about every morning and it it helped me stay connected because mm -hmm. i was pretty isolated here i learned how to go to the store at 7 a.m for the <laughs> older old people hours oh, well. <laughs> there was not very many people in the in the room you know, my my housekeeper, I, I I sort of paid her to stay away for six weeks until we had a better sense of how things, what was happening. Yeah. It was very, very challenging. But at the same time, and I did a lot of like online spiritual retreats, a lot of um, some, some Buddhist retreats where you're just sitting in silence and other Christian retreats as well. And it, as a result, my house, my home uh -huh. has this sense of, um, what's the word? It, it, it's a, a friend described it as a sanctuary. Oh, yes. The energy in here is yes. very calm and um, restorative, you know? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. So and and getting back into getting deeply back into that spiritual path was has really been um, beneficial and and really a joy for me. So I mean I I was very lucky in that I I didn't have to go mm-hmm. I didn't have to go out to a job. I actually gave up my practice, oh, wow. my my office in 2018, and I still was seeing maybe one or two clients. But then over the pandemic. Uh-huh. Everybody came back. So by by the end of the year, I had about 10 clients again. And, uh-huh. you know, a couple of couples who were really yeah. struggling. Yeah. So um, so I had to retire for a second time. <laughs> I see. I see. So I, I officially retired uh, again last last December, I guess. So just really? this this January, I was just um, um, I'm officially retired. Okay, so you officially retired from from the chronic business? Yeah, I you know, I do occasionally. Actually, I did a um, was was it? It was maybe six or eight months ago. Mm-hmm. I did a podcast. It was a um, it wasn't a a conversation like this. It was uh-huh. a story. Okay, it was a one person story. It's a company that makes um. Uh, dramatic podcast and they had a storyline that that made it through the whole season except for one episode so they mm-hmm. had this one one episode mm-hmm. standing alone and i you know you don't go to auditions anymore you do everything on your phone yes you audition on your phone so this was a you know it was just voice so i auditioned on my phone and they cast me in it and um it was last fall Okay. And I went and I had so much fun. It was it was just a joy. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm not completely um closed off to something coming in, but I'm I real I I'm I don't like this. I don't like tr- learning to to use the phone as a camera and the lighting and all of that stuff. It's just oh, yeah. it's too much. <laughs> So I'm not really very available. Okay, I see. Now, uh, now, well, I'm so glad to have you on the show, and and as I said, I mean, if everybody, everybody knows you from from Bobby Hills now, now to an all, you know, because I will want to show yeah. you. This is me uh-huh. playing an FBI agent. Oh wow! In a show called Today's FBI. Okay. I was I came out here in '81. Um, uh, to do that show, and it lasted a season. Um, and this is a photo taken at uh, Quantico, Virginia, wow. where they train FBI agents. I see. And I went through a, I, I went through an obstacle course. Oh, I, I went. I was miserable on the obstacle course. I, I you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I, we weren't fit in the way that actors are now fit. You know, uh-huh. I mean, I, I was strong enough, but I couldn't pull myself up by ropes or any that yeah. kind of stuff. And then we, I did some sh- work on the shooting range. Apparently I had a pretty good eye because I was pretty successful with shooting. Yeah, I shot. Um, I was on the ground shooting a rifle. It was so much fun. The people there were just, Lovely, and I got to meet uh, the three women agents that my character was kind of built around. 
Okay. So that was a lot of fun. That was actually after the season finished. Okay. We shot the we shot the uh, pilot in New York. Oh wow! But then then they it picked it up, uh -huh. and um, David Gerber was the producer, and Mike Connors was the lead. He yeah. what a lovely man! Wow. What a lovely man! And um, so I came out to California and um, uh, did a TV show for a year. And then everything died, <laughs> yeah. as as happens in my in that business. You know, you can be going great guns, and suddenly it's just like you fall off a cliff. I know that, that, that that's almost like real life. You know, things go good food and things like it, it it stops. You know, I know what you mean. You know, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I actually spent yeah, because I actually spent some of that that something like that when, when my mother passed away. You know, so many years ago. I'll be actually I'll be have be a move move to Florida, right? And she and she had a heart attack and passed away so on. And I came I came to Boston because you know because I had no because I had no family down there. But believe me, I don't I don't want to leave Florida because it's so warm down there. So I loved it, you know. So wow, yeah. Yes. So had you been living in Florida when when she died or? I yeah, I'll be I'll be a I'll be a Buddha in in September, uh, 2016. It's 2016. In November, she just passed away of a heart attack. Just, it was just, just tricky, you know. I mean, oh, some, heartbreaking. I, I know. I just don't get how that could happen, you know. I didn't, I didn't see it coming, you know. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. I know. You know. I know. You know. It's interesting. I have a friend whose husband is in hospice right now, and he's he's eighty eight. She's uh -huh. quite a bit younger, but they're they're in that holding place yeah. right he's at home he's still fairly comfortable they're giving him medication for pain and he has the cocktail mm -hmm. when if and when he decides that he's had enough mm -hmm. but they're in this limbo state but they're getting to say the things they want to say mm -hmm. right you know you don't get to do that when it's very quick on the other hand, my mother died relatively quickly as well and um, without warning. And all of her friends said, wow, that's the way to go. Just boom. Uh, not everybody has the desire or the emotional wherewithal yes. to sit with that that reality mm -hmm. or you know, now it's been like he's been home for a few weeks. Oh, wow. You know, um, but they're just they're just walking it, walking through it. She and her her son and his. Um, her husband's uh, daughter from an earlier marriage came out with his granddaughter and, you know, they were saying, how how am I going to tell people that I came out here to be with my grandpa who's dying and had a wonderful time, right? Yeah. We don't normally put those things together. But it was it's it's very special that they have this opportunity to say goodbye. He's recording messages for people so they can play them when they need to hear his voice. I, I mean it, it's it's really remarkable what they're what they're doing. It's beautiful. Yeah, I I admit that it's very beautiful, man. Well, what do I think it's very worth it that they can do that? You know, I definitely agree. Yeah, 
yeah, not everybody, not everybody can do that. It's, it's challenging, but, um, but it's, it's, I call her uh, every once in a while and just sort of check in with her and see how she's doing and give her some support. And the, the conversations are so rich. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I want to keep doing that. Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. You know, we need uh, people to do that kind of stuff. You know, I definitely. Yeah, I, it seems like there's. I mean, there's kind of two Americas. There's there's areas in this country where people have to deal with death on a daily basis. Yes. Because of um, gangs and guns and um, drugs and uh, all these kinds of things that cause havoc in certain parts of the country, and then there are other parts of the country where it's like death doesn't exist yeah. we want to pretend you know push it out to the margins and um that doesn't that doesn't really work i understand yeah <laughs> that's true so i'm curious did were you a personal fan of 90210 or oh, yes i i yes i i remember um when i was when i was real little my mom turned turned on you and i just I mean, then I saw you, I was like, wow, this is a wonderful actress. And I saw Shannon Dominey, you know, I saw the whole cast, you know, I was like, I was like, wow. And I remember my, my mom actually bought me, I, I, she actually bought, she actually bought, bought me a, a, a Brenda doll, Brenda doll. When you guys, was, when you guys are so big, you know, I was like, you know, yeah. Yeah, so. Cool. What was like, what was like work, work on, on that, on that until at all? Um, I mean, it was a, a wonderful opportunity. Um, and I, you know, I reached this, place i you know it was one of those periods i'll never work again kind of feeling and so this then this thing showed up it was kind of like rising from the dead in a way my career rose from the dead um so it was it was a great honor and privilege and it was a lot of fun at times and it was fascinating to watch, um, you know, all that wave of fame uh-huh. that carried mostly the, the kids, the, yeah. the young people in uh-huh. its wake. I mean, as the parents, we were a little more um, distanced from it. And, and of course, we both, uh, both Jim Eckhouse and I had were married and we had a kid, had kids. And um, so we had a kind of stability at home that a lot of these kids they they don't have that they um they were on their own and um it was fascinating to watch them watch how fame affected them yes uh-huh it would have made a fascinating sociological study if you could have known it was going to happen you know to set it up uh but of course you can't do that yeah well hello there this is the jamin show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station. But we often showed up at the same auditions. Um, but I haven't seen him in a long time. I mean, the last time I really... And there's been a podcast by um, Peter Fieri. Uh-huh. What's it called? I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. But he's been working through the whole show all 10 years every episode's kind of and so i've been on that a few times and seen people <clears throat> i've been in contact with karen rosen chuck rosen's wife who was uh one of the writers on the show yeah. and and chuck 
Um, and, but the last time I really saw a lot of the gang was probably at Luke's funeral. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah there was a beautiful memorial up in Burbank uh -huh. um, that they organized. Um, and there were no, there was no press. Impressive. So it was just us and a nice big auditorium. And then several of his, um, his childhood friends spoke. Okay. And um, just, you know, a remarkable human being. Uh -huh. In addition to a wonderful actor, he was just a lovely man, oh. lovely, lovely man. I felt, you know, and I did the reboot uh -huh. with the cast, which was so much fun. I was thrilled to death that they invited me to be part of it. And I don't know if you caught the reboot, but they were playing themselves trying to get a show on television. Okay. And so um, they contacted me since I'm a therapist, to yeah. do a therapy session uh -huh. on this episode. And um, gosh, we shot, it took most of the day, but we're sitting in this lovely room. And I mean, everybody was there except Shannon. She was um, she was still coming in. She hadn't started on the, on the show yet. So I didn't get to see her. I was very disappointed that I didn't get to see Shannon. But I saw everybody else and we had such a great time. That was 2019. Okay. Um, it was it was probably my favorite day of shooting ever. Okay. I thought the show was very well written, very clever, very much winking at itself. Um, ideas about celebrity and growing older and all of that stuff and popularity. And um, it was charming and funny. And I was sorry they didn't do another episode, another season. But um Gosh, what a thrill it was to be part of that. And that was that was like just before the pandemic. Yeah. You know, which um which really hit in 2020, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But you know, the biggest thing when in 2020, for and for two years before that, uh -huh. I'd been doing a play in um in Beverly Hills at the Doheny Mansion. It was a wonderful play about um it was loosely based on the Doheny family. Yeah. And um, Charles Doheny was a big oil man. Uh-huh. And he got involved in this Teapot Dome scandal during the Harding administration, okay. uh, where they were um, using federal lands for extracting oil, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then there was this horrific murder-suicide in the same, in this um home that this this mansion that we were performing in yeah so we you know we loosely tell the story of this this family um through the lens of the writer she changed all the names and it's sort of her imaginative take uh -huh. on um what might have happened yeah. and um it was so much fun to be back acting in a play i can't even tell you um i had such a great time and you know when the pandemic hit obviously they couldn't do that anymore and because it went on for so long it's the project is kind of dead they're sort of over it they have a lovely theater in beverly hills high school it's called uh -huh. theater 40 and and they put on um they was put on six or eight productions a year but this was sort of a special um we did it in the month of 
January or February, did, you know, 13 to 15 performances. And gosh, that was fun. <laughs> I love theater. Uh, it's so much more fun than, than film. Film can be very isolating uh-huh. because they're off doing this scene. And you might be in your dressing room. Yeah. You know, waiting to be called. Whereas theater, you're all there all the time, all together. Right. Yeah. I love that sense of community. Yeah, I, I definitely understand. You know, I used to work in theater, so yeah. So I did you? So I get what you mean, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. I do yeah, you know? So yeah. Wow. Maybe appear to, to appear at any conventions, maybe. Uh, I, well, I, you know, I have done a few. I did get approached by somebody, but I haven't followed through on it. I have a a grandchild now in. Uh, my son lives in Seattle, and um, my grandson's uh, 18 months old. And so I, I've been traveling so much. It's like the pandemic. I didn't travel at all. And then I sort of went wild. Yeah. Um, but I, I recently um, rented an apartment up there. So I'm going to be spending more time in Seattle. And it, my travel schedule, it's so confusing as it is that it's just the idea of adding another trip in uh-huh. feels too complicated. Um, though I have, I have done a few and it's always lovely to meet the fans. Everyone's so enthusiastic, Jay. I just feel like it's like, wow, I was part of this thing that meant so much to people. And I mean, at the time we knew it was a phenomenon, but that doesn't really tell you how it's touching people's hearts. Yeah. And to see how much it's touched people's hearts, yeah. that's that's a gratification I, I could never have planned mm-hmm. or 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 even thought of, um, you know, to be a beloved character, yes. you know, that people return to over. And now that you can, you know, they came out with DV, with C, DVDs at one point and you can find it online and yeah. you can find it on these streaming channels. So it's people yeah. can um, stay connected with this show. Uh, yes. It's it's really it's it's amazing. Yes. And I know that it's it's been there was a wonderful story of a young woman who had serious Lyme disease and really spent most of a year in bed. Uh-huh. Um, not able to really function. And she, one of the shows that she watched to keep her spirits up was 90210. And it has that kind of resonance yeah. for a certain generation. So how old were you when your mom turned it on for you? Maybe 10 or 11, I'm on there, you know. Yeah. So, okay. So you're I'm... just a little bit older than my son uh-huh. and a little bit younger than my niece. She was 14 and it was like, Oh my God, this is our favorite show. And yeah. we wouldn't even know about it except that your aunt is in it. But yeah. <laughs> so she, that was the that was the sort of the maybe the first sign, though I didn't put it together, uh-huh. that oh, this is some there's a need out there for this kind of show. A, a show that takes teenagers seriously, kind of on their own terms. Uh-huh. You definitely took me serious on my terms too and inspired me, you know. So Right, right. And you did you, you you saw these older kids getting involved in things and yeah. yeah, and of course, older kids are always the biggest draw for younger kids, right? You're much more interested in older kids than adults. Adults are boring. <laughs>
<laughs> you play you play such a good loving mom, you know. So it's like, well, I, you know, it's interesting because people often ask me about um, what it, do, do my client. How does it affect being in the room with clients? And I, I think that, um, it, as you say, I was the, I was the mother who understood, right? Who listened. Yes. And so that's as a therapist, that's that's my job. Yeah. So um, occasionally people would. I remember this one couple came in with these two men and the one guy was looking at me and he's going, oh, you look so familiar. Oh, you're 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 the mama 90210, right? Yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. OK, so now what's happening with us is, I mean, immediately uh -huh. what their own concerns are. Right. But it, it's we sort of had to get it out of the way. Yeah. Although I had. I had another couple, we had worked together for a while and it was the end of our work and he knew, but she hadn't uh -huh. figured it out. So it was the, and I didn't know he knew. Yeah. So the very <laughs> last session he's saying, don't you recognize her? She's that mom from 90210. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just, you just don't know. Um, often it's, you don't even realize I don't even realize it's in the room because somebody knows and they're and they're just they're just happy to be talking to Cindy Walsh. Yeah. You know. It makes them it it is it is um it's comforting that you already have a sense of connection to me. So it, it's it's certainly um never gotten in the way. Uh, well that's wonderful. I mean because I'm just talking, just talking to you is like it's like I'm talking to City of Washington and you know, and Jack Still, it's just it's just amazing that I've got to have you on my show. You know, so I can't believe you now. <laughs> well, thank you. I know, isn't it? It's funny how we take celebrities yeah. and we put them into a separate category as if they're not quite fully human, or maybe they're superhuman or something yeah. like that. And you know, I think um, one of the things I've tried to do with uh, with in my life is kind of try to deconstruct that celebrity thing, yeah. um, because they're just we're just people. Uh -huh. I mean, I don't think of myself as a celebrity and oh. I don't think most people who are, you know, the big, big stars like. George Clooney, he doesn't go around thinking of himself going, oh, George Clooney. I mean, he understands what he can do yes. with the power and the fame that he has, right? Yes. But he doesn't think of himself as George Clooney. He's just George. I don't know. <laughs> He's, you know, and um, unfortunately, I think I was walking down the street once and somebody's he's looking at me. It was we go past. He turns around and goes, "You're somebody." Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, I I wanted to say, and so are you. You're somebody too. But what what was the underlying thing was, I'm somebody and he's nobody, uh -huh. right? And you're not somebody unless you're, you know, this big yeah. thing. And we're all somebodies. Everyone is a blessed child of whatever you believe yes got this whole thing going right we could call it god or spirit or whatever it is you know we are all blessed we are all endowed with being yeah. and 
so often people want to give that away to someone who's got some magic pixie dust around them, not realizing that person may be suffering things you have no idea about. Uh Right. And, and that's, that's the way it is with everyone. You pass somebody on the street, you don't know what they're going through. What was it? Somebody said, be kind for everyone is waging a huge battle. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can just see by your face that you really get what I'm talking about. That's, that's what's important to me. I know. I agree. You know, because my mom, my mom was actually the same way, you know, it's like, you know, she said, you know, we're all, we're all, we're all people children of God, you know, you know, and she's right, you know. She said the same thing to me that like you're saying to me now, you know, I can definitely you know, feel her spirit, you know, through you. Yes. 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 Well, that's, yeah, my mom died about, gosh, it's 20 years ago or a little more. Yeah. And I know she's right here. Yeah. She's right here. You know, in a funny kind of way, in a way she wasn't during my life. I think that I now have more confidence yeah. both in her love for me and my love for her yeah but i i tell you jay I, I, so many times oh i want I, there was stuff i want to share with her uh-huh. i want to show her my book yeah you know i want to i want to share with her the path i'm on i i just um as my my, my brother said after she died he the way he characterized it, the conversation is over. Yeah. Sort of like a one-way conversation now. But I definitely feel her spirit. I think of her and my dad just about every day. Yeah. And I about every day. Yeah. And I have feelings about about my mom as well, you know. I mean, I wish I could show my diploma my, my college my, my college, you know, degree from from Oxford Community College. Yeah. 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 You know? Oh, she sounds like she was a wonderful woman. I wish you could have met her. You, you would have loved to met her. She was a. <laughs> We'd have a lot to talk about all that. Yes, uh, being being a mom and now being a grandmother, um, those have been these are the richest paths of my life. Um, that deep intimacy you have with a child, and yet you also have to be the authority, the guide. Um, the hand holder, the comforter. There's so many roles that you have to um, that you that you are committed to yes. in taking care of a child and nurturing that child and helping that child grow uh-huh. into a, a viable human being and and someone who's going to make a positive contribution to the world. Yes. Right? I've been very blessed with my son. He's a, is a great guy and he's very appreciative of what I, you know, how I've been in his life. And it sounds like um, your mother was also knew of your appreciation for her. And that's, ah, that means everything to a parent, everything. Yes. It's like, I miss I miss almost every day, you know? Yeah. I mean, just that talking to you is like talking to her, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, through you, you know, it's like, it's like a wonderful, you know, wonderful feeling, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, and it, I, you know, that was so, I think that my mother died in February. Okay. And about 20 years ago, and um, 
I remember my birthday's in May, and I remember waking up on my birthday, uh -huh. and it seemed incomprehensible okay. that the body, that person who'd given birth to me was no longer there. It seemed yes. so wrong somehow, and yet that's, that is the way of life. I mean, we all remember the beginning of The Lion King and that glorious um the circle of life that that's that's what it is and that's what we have to come to terms with but it is is the may to may to may may 8th oh it's like it's not fair it's not it's like it's not fair she's not here you know <laughs> yes the one person the one person that really knows was really there when you were born yes is oh. gone Yes, I know. And, and I, you know, as I meet new people, I know since both my parents are gone, it doesn't, it, there'll be things they'll never know or understand about me because they haven't met my parents, uh -huh. you know, and that, ma that makes me sad. Um, but I, you know, you start now, now they have to meet my children, <laughs> my son and, his wife and like little grandson. So it's a, it's, you know, you, you just have a different perspective at this, at my stage of life where you're closer to the end and you're looking, looking down the generations rather than up the generations, you know? Yes. It's, it's strange. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it said, you know, it's, it's very true. I definitely agree with you. You know, it's like a whole new generation is going to, you know, have questions, have questions that, that I maybe kind of be, be, be a bit antsy, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, this is such a fun conversation. It's, I don't think, it's like any other conversation I've ever had um, on one of these kinds of situations. So I really thank you for that. We sort of, you know, blew the box open. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'm definitely glad, glad you did, you know, because uh, there's so much I want to, so much I want to share, share with you and ask you. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to find we have that connection, isn't it? We do. I think, I, I think, I think that God brought us, you know, brought us together for reasons. So I'm glad He did, you know. It's interesting because my son and I were very aware that our relationship is changing now that he's got a child because he and I are now on the same side in a sense, yeah. right? I don't want to say we're against Gray. Gray is his name. But we're the adults yeah. and Gray's the little child, right? And we know what our, our job is. And, and so he's now understanding things about his upbringing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh my God, mom, I'm so sorry. <laughs> He was a terrible sleeper. His oh. son is a great sleeper. Uh -huh. And so I never let him forget that he was a terrible sleeper. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Gray doesn't sleep, you know, that's the hardest thing for new parents is that yeah. lack of sleep is just, yeah. 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 But my cousin had, is again, uh, has two, she can't, she can't get, get much sleep either, you know, because two. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's an important job, and I I don't think it, it that our culture really honors it or supports it nearly as much as it needs. I mean, in this day and age, when I mean, 
when mostly both parents are working or people are raising children on their own uh, mm -hmm. much much more than when I was a I was a when I was growing up it was the 50s and it was it was in our neighborhood it was rare that a that a mom worked outside the home so I mean she was kind of there yeah. <laughs> yeah. taking care of all that stuff stuff you know the dry cleaners and the shopping and the dishes and you know making sure everybody got what they needed yeah. um that wasn't the case for everybody obviously yeah. some people have always had to have two incomes yeah but uh but these days almost just about everybody needs two incomes just to survive just to get anywhere uh just two jobs you know isn't it's, it's, it's still, still not enough, you know, so I'm trying, trying to go to school, get, get my bachelor's degree in communications, you know, so I can have a better, much better future. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what you did? I got my associate degree, and I'm trying to get, to get my bachelor's degree, so I can maybe get a job in California or Florida, you know, what's warm, you know, so, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And, there, you know, and there's a lot of questioning of that, Um you know, I'm trying to think. I was reading a biography of a man named William James who went to college, I want to say the late 1800s or something. And at that time, one half of 1% uh -huh. of the population went to college. Yeah. Well, that's a whole different thing from 70% or 80%. And so you have college has to morph so that there are different kinds of approaches that can address different populations' needs, right? Exactly. Um, so it's it's very interesting to see how that's all changing, and so many women are going to college, and then fewer men are now going to college so we need to find ways to connect men to a, a not only a good living but a good life a good sense of themselves and what they have to offer the society you know engage them so that they feel integral and not superfluous right because i think that feeling of outsideness um drives a lot of the mayhem you see going on in the country today. Yeah. People uh, don't feel, yeah. You know. Did did you go to college too? Yes. Well, hello there. This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station. Um, 95. And that September, yeah. I started a, a, a two-year graduate program okay. um, up in the Valley. And that was that was fascinating. It was it was a really great program. It was um, I mean, it had all of the um, intellectual content needed, but it also was very experiential. So when you were talking about issues, you were connecting with um, sometimes with what do people have like, for instance, uh -huh. had to go to a 12 step meeting. Yeah. You didn't just learn about 12 step. You had to go to a meeting and see how it operates. Yeah. So it was it was really, really helpful. You know, and, and when we're studying the influence of culture, right? You're you have to go to a 
some kind of event where you're in the minority. Yes. Right. And so, you know, all of these ways of making other people's experience more vivid to you so that you can take that in the room with you. Absolutely. So it was really an enjoyable program. And um, I learned a lot. I really learned a lot. That's um, something that you did, you know. So what made you decide to leave down to 1-0? Basically, they didn't invite me back. They didn't? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Both the parents were let go after the fifth season. And I think it's because the kids were in college. And, you know, they felt like having the parents around all the time. I mean, I'm guessing, but having the parents all around all the time was like too much. Like we would have been hovering. And so and there wasn't enough there wasn't enough time in the episode to really develop our storylines very much anyway. So so they let us go. I mean, uh, Jim, Jim stayed in the field and he's done a lot of other things since then. He's done some films. I've he's done several plays in the area that I that I've seen. He's done some directing, really some good stuff he's been involved in. But. I just had this hankering. This was like when I was in college, this is what I thought I was going to do. Even though acting was something I'd always wanted to do when I was young. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know how to go about starting an acting career. Um, But I, when I was in college, uh, there was the um, um, anti-war Vietnam war was still going and, we had the anti-war movement and so sort of like, so I went to college and then everything kind of exploded and it was sort of like, uh, now what do I do? And I had this opportunity to be part of a, a summer theater that some friends were doing in um, New Haven. Uh-huh. And I ended up staying there for a couple years and meeting some people and, getting some connections and I went to New York and I had a job for a while. I, I connected with agents, you know, so I just, things started moving. So I just kept, I just kept walking. I just kept going, went to my classes. I took singing, I took dance, I took acting lessons, acting classes and, and, and just kept going. And then here I was found myself in LA you know I moved here in 81 so I'd been here almost 15 years and I'd had some good opportunities some beautiful opportunities and a lot of frustration and um heartbreak and I thought you know I, I want to try this other thing too and um it's it's really it's really been very satisfying to have both of these things in I- my world I could definitely tell you, I tell it also made you very happy, you know, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been a rich, yeah. a rich life, um, quite varied and uh, enjoyable. And, and being a therapist, you know, being an actor, you can be working your butt off uh-huh. and make no money at all. That's true. Yeah. And do some of your best work. Yeah. <laughs> And you can get paid thousands and thousands of dollars for half a day's work. Yeah. So the relationship between work and money is completely crazy. Therapy, uh-huh. you put in an hour, you get paid for your hour. 
you know, as you work more hours, you make more money. And there's a there's a there's a logical trajectory to your career uh-huh. in the way there isn't with with acting. I'm what if um, one of the uh, one actor, uh, elderly actor talked about somebody asked him about what his career was like before this one film where and he said career was more like a careen. Uh-huh. Just a wild swinging. So it was it was good to experience something quite different. Because would you ever consider going back to going back to doing TV? Um, you know, as I say, they invited me up to do the um, the reboot, and I was thrilled to do it. I mean, something like that, I I do in a flash. What I really, I you know, it's the it's the auditioning that gets wearying after a while, and you know, I I I. What 90210 did for my career is people have sort of unrealistic expectations of one show. They'll think, oh, her career is made for the rest of her life and she never has to think about money again. Um, what I did get was people know who I am. Uh-huh. So when I read for a part, I would go directly to the casting director. Uh-huh. Usually they have an assistant who's screening the inner the the uh, auditions mm-hmm. and then passing along a couple to the main casting director. So I usually go directly to the casting director, but it doesn't mean I get offered parts very much. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm not saying I would turn something down necessarily, but you know, my real focus is my grandson right now. <clears throat> He's um, at this very tender age. And I know that, you know, the first 10 years is where you really got to put your energy in. Because once they go and get become teenagers, uh-huh. they don't want to hang out with grandma anymore. <laughs> so I'm, I, you know, I want to focus on that. Um, be a good grandma. I just understand, you know. But I, I know the council doing the, the uh, 90s con and, and Tim McFarland. Oh, a- Really? Well, if they, yeah, I mean, if they, sometimes they include the parents and sometimes they don't. So we'll see, but I'll, I'll definitely keep my eyes open for it. And it would be nice to see it anyway. I was, I was so impressed with the, uh, with the reboot and the way they did it. It was a lot. I had a kind of a, hmm, I wasn't sure about the concept, but I thought they, they handled it beautifully. They definitely did because I actually met Sharon Doherty and that is called this last month, you know. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Were you at a, one of those conventions? Is that how you yeah. met them? Oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. It was Nandis Con last month. Oh, so, great. Oh, that was so nice. I saw she Sharon. She gave him a, a big hug. Yeah. Yeah. She's lovely. I, I, I'd love to connect with her again, actually. Finally, finally had to come on my show. So, so see what happens, you know. So, oh, yeah. good. But, Good. Like I said, I mean, it was, it was on just 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 to get to actually you know meet them. That would be that would be lovely. I'd love to meet you too, Jay. Are you are you in California right now? Yeah, I'm heading up to Seattle on Thursday. Yeah, my cousin actually lives in Seattle. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I love actually. I love Seattle. I'm glad that they decided to you know that they moved to a place that I want to be. <laughs> it helps. Yeah. Are you gonna fly up there? Are you, are you fly? No, I'm gonna fly up. Um, I'm going to be going back and forth for for quite a while. I'm not ready to get rid of this house yet. Okay. Um, there's a lot of work to do before I can let anybody else 
you know, yeah, had so much stuff. Well, <laughs> getting rid of our stuff yeah, well, is a major process. I understand, but to me, the definitely, definitely, the list looks like a beautiful house. I mean, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I've been here for when did I move here? Eighty-eight. Oh wow, eighty-eight been since then. But I have been here a long time. Oh, so so, so now <laughs> this is where I lived when I was doing nine hundred two and oh, yeah. It, it's uh, yeah, it's been home for a long time, so it's hard to think of another home. But I'm I just rented an apartment. A friend and I are gonna share it. She's her. She's got a son up there, whose wife is pregnant. So she's starting grandmotherhood for the second time. She's got another son with the older children. That's so awesome. we'll be sharing that together and that'll be that'll be nice. So it's a new adventure. I'm eager and curious to see what's next, how it all plays out. Okay, and you're not gonna be doing doing any of our sessions. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I actually have a couple of clients that I still see, but it's all online. Okay. But I don't I'm not taking any I don't take any new clients or okay. so you're not so so not taking so you're not taking anybody new anybody new right now. Okay. Okay. No, no, and I'm not taking back any people, anybody who came during, as I say, they came back during the pandemic. And then, then I, I just was, it was too much, too many people. So yeah, uh, yeah. I referred them all out to other people. Okay. Well, I definitely understand, you know, I mean, you have to, I mean, you have to get to do, you have to get to do, you know, do, do what's best for you. I, I definitely understand. Yes, that. yes, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jay. This has been a marvelous conversation. I love that we the we strayed far from the acting career yes. um, script, uh, and we really got into some really interesting stuff we about did. life. Before we go, can you tell me how how, how your fans, my followers, can follow you and support you? Um, let me see. Well, I do have an Instagram um, account. I believe it's Carol Potter 90210. I'd have to check on that, but I think that's what it is. And I I have to say, I'm I've been meaning to you helping me remember, I've been meaning to post a link to that um podcast that I did. Uh-huh. It's a kind of a spooky ghost ghost story, and uh, people might enjoy it. And how else? That's a that's really it. I'm I'm not. I'm not very good at social media. It's I I'm I try to keep up, but I'm not very good at it. Oh yeah, I understand, you know. It, it's it's all new to me too, so I definitely understand, you know. But I'll definitely I, I definitely want to see this Halloween this Halloween podcast. I love it. Okay. Well I'll be sure to send you a link and um and I hopefully I'll I should be able to do that. I probably wait until after I get to Seattle. I have a lot to get done in the next couple of days. But um, yes, I'm going to add that. Make sure you get a link, okay, thank as you. well as putting it on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. okay. This is well. This was this was an honor to meet you and talk with you. I mean, to me, like to to me, you're like my second mom. You know. So. And, and oh, thank you, Jay. That makes me feel really good. You know, just talking to you is like it's a, just just a blessing. I mean, that's just the one thing I can't explain. You know, I'm just so happy I got to talk to you. I mean. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a lovely conversation. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. You're always welcome. Anytime you want to come on, you're always welcome. Anytime you know. So you can, Thank um, you. Well, hello there. This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM. 
Boston's local community radio station.